where I left off last week. So last week I mostly spoke about getting free from the wrong strongholds that hold you captive and rob you from becoming all you can become in the Lord. I spoke on the protective stronghold of the Lord and the prison strongholds of the devil and we talked a lot around the difference between the two. I have titled this week's message, Who Are You Agreeing With? I want to ask us all the question, who is it that you agree with? Are you in agreement with the word of God, believing in all God says about you, all God says you are in him and he is in you, or are you caught up in the lies of the enemy and agreeing with him? So let's look at the two main scriptures I spoke from last week. Very familiar scriptures, Romans chapter 12, starting verses 1, just 1 and 2. Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your, your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. Then flick over to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Starting at verse 3. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. We just just sang what our weapons are. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every, say every, every means every, pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every, say it again, every, every means all, thought to make it obedient to Christ. Divine power to demolish the strongholds that have us captive and also to enable us to demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. As I said, most of us are very familiar with these scriptures. Many of us could quote them. But can I ask, how serious are you in applying them to your life? How diligent are you in taking your thoughts captive How diligent are you in thinking about what you're thinking about? How aware are you of what you are thinking? I quoted last week from Christine Kane. She says this, your thoughts are like a train. They are always taking you somewhere. How aware are you of where your thoughts are taking you? Flip with me to James chapter 1. I just 
need you to understand how vitally important it is that we get a hold of this that Paul is saying. And as you read through the word, as you're doing your daily readings, take note of how often we are told to take note of what is going into our mind. Verse 13. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when by his own evil desire, in other words, what he's thinking, what he's wanting, what he's um, wishing for, he is, um, but each one is tempted. He is dragged away and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. There is a journey here. There is a procession here that if you don't take those evil desires, those thoughts that do not line up with the word of God, captive right at the moment that those thoughts come into your head, There is a destination that the enemy has put those thoughts in our minds for. And that destination, as we are told um, in John 10, is to rob, kill and destroy us. And we don't want it. It's important that we become very, very aware of what thoughts we allow in, of what thoughts that are truth, which thoughts are lies, which thoughts are truth. How alert are you to the numerous false lies the devil tries to feed to you every day and actually taking these pretensions, these negative thoughts captive in your own mind and then keeping them not captive but booting them out of your um, head, out of your belief system altogether. My prayer for this morning's message is that it will make us more aware, more observant, taking note of what we think and say. When we speak negativity over ourselves or over others, we are agreeing with what the devil is saying about yourself or about others. During the pre-service prayer meeting this morning, I had a word And God God said that he is particularly speaking to the hearts of people this morning who say negative things about themselves and then wait for um, approval from the person that they are saying it to. You all know what I mean. You all know what I mean. God wants to set us free from this this morning. We will say something negative to someone. Oh, I'm just this, or I'm just that. I know, church, this is where I've come out of doing this, out of my own inferiority. Oh, I'm just this, or I'm just that. And you wait then for the other person to say, no, you're not. You're not as bad as that. You know, stop it. Stop it. Because you are agreeing with what the devil says about you. You are speaking curses over your life. And this morning, God's here, and he wants you to know how much he loves you. And he's saying, please stop. That's not how I see you. I created you to be a masterpiece. And yes, life might afflict mud on that masterpiece. And right where we are all at, at this 
present time, we are not the perfect masterpiece that God created. And I'm sorry if that's news to anybody, but hey, someone has to tell you truth. We aren't perfect. That's the job of the Holy Spirit, to get that muck, that mud out of our life. But focus on what God is saying about us. Focus on who God says we are. Don't focus on the muck and the mud that has been flung on God's beautiful creation. So for those who are tempted to speak horrible stuff about themselves, God says to you this morning, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Because he loves us and he hates to hear us saying these horrible things about ourselves. When we speak negativity over ourselves or over others, we are agreeing with what the devil is saying about ourselves and about others. Now, I know none of us would knowingly agree with the evil one, but when we dwell on thoughts that don't line up with God's heart, that is unconsciously what we are doing. I know many of you here, like me, were brought up under negative comments. I hear people say, oh, well, that's what my mother always said about me or a teacher said that about me and I can't come out from under it. My sister, brother, cousin, whoever said these things about me. I've always been rejected. I'm not good enough. You know, something that puzzles me is why as an adult... Those of us who know God loves us, God created us, God designed us, why as an adult would we still choose to live under all that negativity that's been spoken over us and over our life? There came a day in my life when I drew a line in the sand and I said no more. What these people say about me is their opinion, it's not truth and I no longer will treat it as truth. I can't do anything to change how they think. Even though I tried, I would wear myself out trying to get their approval, trying to just have one kind thing said to me. Tried and tried and tried. It never happened. Why? Because I was a scapegoat. As long as everyone was picking on me, no one was looking at what they were doing. I chose from that day that I would never allow what they think or say about me to have any influence over me because I am not who they said I am. I am a child of God and I choose to believe his word, his opinion, not theirs. Their words only had power to make me feel less if I allowed them to. I stopped minding what they thought and focused on what the Lord said about me and hallelujah, I have been set free. Amen. Amen. I took seriously Romans 12, 1 and 3. Let me just read it again to remind us. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy... 
his mercy, not because God isn't pleased with you, not because God is condemning you, but because of his mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his pleasing and perfect will. You know, it says don't think more highly of yourself. Well, I wasn't thinking more highly of myself. I was thinking less of myself. I had a huge, a huge inferiority complex because I had come into agreement with the lies of the enemy instead of the truth of God. You know, this morning I've got my hand up when I suddenly remembered we've moved into October and, hey, it's my birthday tomorrow week, just letting you know. I would never have done that. I would not put my hand up. I would not have said, oh, yeah, it's my birthday this month too. Because I always kind of felt I needed to apologise for ever being born. You know, I know this sounds extreme, but this is true. This is the world I lived in. Praise God, they're all dead. None of them are going to be tapping into this recording. (laughs) I do worry about that cloud of witnesses at times. This is another scripture that has become very vital to me. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. Listen to this. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We have been created in Christ Jesus to carry out the works that he has already prepared in advance for us to do. Church, let this truth settle deep within you. He has created us complete with everything we need to carry out the work he has prepared for us to do. I might not measure up to what you think I should be as the leader of this church. I might n- never, well, I, would n- I never measured up to what that extended family thought about me, never. And that's not my problem. If people don't like my, where I'm at, if I don't measure up to other people's expectations, it's their problem, it's not mine. Because I am a work in progress. For where I am at, for where you are at, today in the Lord, you have everything you need to fulfil what he wants you to do today.
Now, you might be lacking, because I can't think of a better word off the top of my head, in what he wants you to do next week, but he will build into you between today and next week what you are going to need for next week. You are not deficient for what you need for today. Whoa. I know this is a very simple message. I know we all know it, but really, do we apply it? Do we believe it? Do we act in it? Or are we often just coming under these flaming lies that the enemy keeps just popping into our thoughts himself or speaking to us through the mouths of other people? God has created us. He has not left out anything we need. He hasn't got us to today and thought, oh, turn to the Father and say, oh, did you put that in? Oh, no, 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 oh, we missed that. Oh. That's not God. That's not God. He doesn't do that. We don't, as I said, we don't have to strive to renew our minds. It is a battle. We have to fight. But look, you know, you just call out to the Holy Spirit, help, here I go again on this train of thought I don't want to have. Help me. And then start raising a hallelujah. Start focusing on God. Start praising him for who you are and who he has created you to be. I have had to learn to come into agreement with the Lord. Matthew 5 says this, you know, um, Jesus is talking to us disciples, which is to us, and he says that we are the salt of the earth. Can I ask, what salt is coming out of your salt shaker? If it's the ungodly salt of darkness we are sprinkling, bitterness, anger, negativity, rage, etc., then we are increasing the enemy's hideous flavour wherever we go. But sprinkling godly salt wherever we go, we are spreading the flavour of his kingdom. How are you flavouring the community that we live in? How are you flavouring the people that you move amongst? Think about what you are thinking about. Think about what, if what you're thinking about lines up with the heart of God or is it lining up with the pit of hell? Live in agreement with the Lord you know, I love it when you look back over the lives of the Bible heroes. We see how God declared his truth over each of their lives. He declared to them how, what he had created them to be. And in most cases, the devil tried to rob it, but in the end, God's word prevailed. Abraham, a man with no children, but created and destined by God to be the father of nations, Abraham came into agreement with God and so it came to pass. David, a shepherd boy, but created and destined by God for the role of king. David came into agreement with God and so it came to pass. Gideon, created and designed by God to be a mighty warrior, even though there was no evidence of this on his life when he was called. Gideon came into agreement with God and so it came to pass. Joseph, 
the son of a farmer, created and destined by God to rule all of Egypt. Joseph came into agreement with God, and so it came to pass. Esther, an orphan girl, created and designed by God to save the nation of Israel. Esther came into agreement with God, and so it came to pass. God had a plan for each of them, and mostly this plan was not evident in their life at the time of their calling. They had to say yes. They had to submit themselves to the journey because David didn't, wasn't one day, this kid out in the field minding his sheep and the next day sitting on the throne of Israel. No, there was a journey. There was a process. Because when David was the shepherd boy, he had God had created and built into him everything he needed to be a shepherd boy. But for David to be the king, there had to be a journey for God to build into him those things that were needed for him to be the king. Can you hear what I'm saying, church? For whatever you are called to do today, you are sufficient in him, in the one who has made you sufficient. You know, all these heroes... They hadn't read the scripture in Ephesians 3 verse 20. God is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is is at work within us. But hey, we have read that scripture. Do you believe that scripture? Do you believe that is what you are created for? Because these guys must have believed that's what they were created for to go on that journey to cause them to become who it was they had been um, designated to be. Do you believe God? Are you declaring God's truth over your life about you? Right where you're at now, your circumstances might be tough. Well, everyone here knows James chapter 1 verse 2 because I tell you frequently, you can count it pure joy when you're facing trials of many kind because God's just building into you what you need for the next part of your journey. So hallelujah. These heroes let faith arise in their hearts, and we must do that too. When they came into agreement with God, they submitted to the process, and so must we if we want to become all that we have been created and designed to be. They became heroes of the kingdom. Heroes of the kingdom are still needed today. Don't let your circumstances influence your declaration. Don't let what other people might say about you and to you influence who you are in Christ. Agree with the Lord and let his truth become your declaration. The world still needs godly heroes. Declare war on everything that is stopping you from carrying out God's purpose for your life. Declare war. Make a statement. This is war. 
Thinking incorrectly, in other words, thinking differently to the word of God empowers the enemy and gives him a place to hide in your life. Use our God-given authority in Christ and stop letting the enemy have crazy victories in your life. Agree with God and stop insulting his workmanship by thinking negative and critical things over yourself and over others. When you criticise yourself, you are criticising God's workmanship. If we can lay a hold of that truth, I think that would be a big enough key to stop us speaking critically about ourselves. Speak blessing, not cursing. Declare God's truth over yourself. You are a blood bought child of God, filled with the Holy Spirit. You are created and empowered for God and by God. You know, you need to do this. When this, these negative thoughts, you know, has, you know, just something quite practical, you know, you have a negative thought about yourself. Like, I've been down at Maryland's this past weekend, most of you know Maryland, and we went to the um, Van Gogh Art Exhibition. That's what I was down there for. It was great if anyone's looking for something to do. But, you know, I had a great weekend with her, but, yeah, we stayed up late and got up early. And so this morning I'm crawling out of bed and I'm thinking to myself, oh, my gosh, I'm so tired. I thought, no, you are not. In the name of Jesus, I take that thought captive and I claim God's energy sufficient for today. If I had allowed that thought that I'm tired to settle in me, I would not have been able to rise up in the prayer time that I was having at home and pray for the service. I'd have yawned my way through it all. You know, you know what it's like. Don't allow these negative thoughts to settle. Capture them as soon as they come into your mind. Church, is today the day you need to take back God's word over your life? Is today the day you swap who you are in alliance with? Are you in agreement with God to bring about his purpose in your life? Or are you in agreement with the devil and his purpose for your life? I actually think this is a very exciting day. I think it's a day... Well, actually, I don't think I know. It's a day where a great battle has raged over this congregation. The tangible presence of God was so powerful here this morning in the pre-service prayer morning. It was tangible. You could feel it. You knew there had been a battle going on for this service this morning because the Lord is wanting to set people free here today. I believe he is releasing great joy into hearts here this morning as people begin to recognise where their negativity is coming from and the damage that their negative words are doing to themselves. As we, the people, choose to take captive these thoughts from hell and say, no longer will I allow you space in my thinking... God loves me 
God cares about me. I live under his favour. I am blessed of God. From today, I will be more aware of what I'm thinking and I shut the door on the enemy's lies forever. Amen. I would like to pray for us this morning. So if you are physically able, would you please stand to your feet? If you can't, it's fine for you to stay seating. Please stay seating if, if you are not so steady on your feet. Let's pray. In the name of Jesus, I take authority over every assignment of the enemy against these lives here. I serve notice on him and on his plans. I renounce and rebuke them of people's minds and off their lives. I rebuke the mindsets and all their effects and I command them now in Jesus' name to lose their hold and go in Jesus' name. And I speak godly revelation truth into each mind and command each mind to come into agreement with the word of God. And all who are in agreement with that prayer, say amen. 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 Get into the word. Renew your mind through the word of God. Don't think this prayer this morning was a one-off. It's all done. I'm only going to be positive now. Mm -mm. It's a battle. It's a battle. Get into the word and apply the word. Amen. Amen. Amen.